Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs from all around the globe seeking to grow better, more profitable, location-independent businesses. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and download our entire back catalog, check out tropicalmba.com. Yeah, buddy, it's the Tropical MBA Podcast here with the boss man, the CEO of our fine organization, and another boss you might have heard of before, Dave Huss, the guy who's been running a lot of our paid traffic campaigns for the, for the past few years. Now, this one is a little bit dry. Maybe, maybe you might think it's dry, right? A lot of bit dry. But we're talking about money here. We're talking about big money, and that's why we brought Dave Huss in, because we've been seeing some incredible results with our paid advertising. Now, why should we care about paid advertising? Right? What, what are the benefits of learning about this stuff? Because a lot of the things that we're going to talk about on the show are pretty complex and they're not easy to implement necessarily. So what are the key reasons here? Number one, organic is dying. What does that mean? Wow, we're, just, we're, we're jumping right into it. Who needs paid traffic? What do you want to do? The, a, you want to do couple, the news or there's something? There's a couple people that need paid traffic. People with products. I, I'm not driving paid traffic to my blog yet. I don't have, you know, right? You don't have a blog. Right. right. So. You gotta, you gotta have a product. You gotta, you gotta be selling something. Yeah, yeah. To, to have paid traffic. So I just want to say that. So a, a lot of the reason we got e-commerce sites. So we're driving paid traffic to our sites. I'll, I'll, tell, I'll say this: if you are investing in SEO, but you're not investing in paid traffic, I think you're crazy. Challenge me on this, right? Someone write to me and say I only invest in SEO, but I don't invest in paid traffic. Because here's the thing. SEO costs you money too, right? Yeah, SEO is not free. It's not Stop free. Stop saying that. It's right because it's one of those instances where people are dowsing their businesses with themselves, their yes. own time, and they're not properly valuing that time. And that doesn't scale because at some point in your business, you're going to want to hire people to do what you're doing. And if that's hiring them to create organic content, then fair enough. But there's a cost to that. Right. And so what PPC helps you to determine is where those real costs are. You know, how much money do you make on a conversion? That's what I like about PPC is it, it helps you to be more disciplined. Whereas with organic, it's really easy to say, oh, you know, I'll just make stuff and see if it ranks and this and that. And that I'll sense. tell you what keeps us disciplined these days with both organic and paid traffic. Now you really have the ability. There's all these tools out there now that you can track all this stuff too. So before it was like it was like the old school days, right? You just kind of throw an ad in the paper and, yeah. and you see how many people call it. But you don't really know where they came from and all that stuff. So now these days you can you can track down pretty pretty well. I mean, Five. I feel like three or four years ago it wasn't so accurate, but these days it's pretty, pretty good. And we're going to talk a lot, a lot about this crazy tracking stuff we do with like the telephones and all that. But finally, it's fast to market, right? So you you have an idea. Uh, Ian and I had an idea for uh, a piece of industrial equipment back in 2007, tossed up uh, landing pages for it, and we had traffic the next day. And I think that that's a, a pretty interesting thing to sort of test the marketplace. Okay, so first off, we're going to get into the fundamentals and what's working in our business right now because you're I mean, you've been at the, the Starship Enterprise. You've been on the bridge yeah. looking at uh, – you're on the reports of everything. I'm so like Spock. I'm on that. You're on it. Yeah, my, my pants are around my ankles, Dave. I, you're on Spock. And, <laughs> and you're, you're on deck, and you do it for a couple different businesses, right? Yeah, yeah. so we're not the only uh, clients of yours. But let's talk about what's hot. Let's have some fun right now and talk about what's rolling out that people that have been in the game for a little while might not know about and might want to look into. 
So yeah. let's list them off here. First one, dynamic remarketing ads for products. What's yes. that all about? So Google, uh, as you may well have known, has turned their product listing ads into a paid service. So before, you could list your products for free um, in the Google Shopping Network. Now you have to pay if you want to be on there. So Google extended this even further where if you are serving ads to your remarketing list, so these are people who have already visited your website, they have completed some action on your website, you know, added to cart or looked at certain products, Google now allows you to show the products that they were looking at on your website back to them in your advertising dynamically so you don't have to create all, you know, a hundred different ads. Google does all the work for you. Interesting. So basically someone comes to moderncatdesigns.com, checks out my litter hider, yes. and now my litter hider follows them around the web. Exactly. How's that different from what was happening a month ago? So previously um, you could retarget people with ads, but you had to create each individual banner in every single size for all of your products I see. individually. So that was a huge time sink. Interesting. So, so basically what you're saying is they're, uh, they, they came to the site, they looked at the litter hider, now they're going to be served ads with just the litter hider because that's exactly. what they're focused yeah. on. Okay, and so tell us a little bit about the technology that goes into that. Do I have to make these ads? Do I just, how do they scrape this information? So Google provides you with some tags that you have to implement on your website, and you will probably need a developer to help you with this. It's a little bit complicated. So these tags link back to your um, Google product feed, your Google merchant account. So Google matches up the products in your feed with what the visitor was seeing on your website. Right. And in AdWords, you just set up a campaign, and uh, Google will dynamically generate the ads for you. Interesting. So what you're saying here is uh, they can't just come to my site and look at the litter hider and then get retargeted. Uh, I actually have to have a Google product feed for that product exactly. because it has to match up. Okay, so I think that's a good distinction to make. So you got to have a product feed in the first place. Yes. Uh, even if that's not how they find you, right? They go to your site, yes. then they're followed around and they're remarketed that same product through the network. Exactly. Cool. All right, the next new product Google's coming out with is called Similar Audiences Remarketing. Now, first off, who works with the Google yeah, marketing team? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right, this is exciting Very stuff. Very descriptive. Tell me about how yes. this works. This is a little bit Google creepy. Yes. Uh, Google's getting more, the creep factor is really is going up. Here's I just sent an email to Dave five minutes ago, and I wanted to, I sent you a link to the document. And Google's like, hey, Dan, Dave's not shared on this document. Do you want me to go ahead and do that yeah. for you? It's kind of like back in the day, it was funny when, when you would search for something in Google Me, like, didn't, didn't you mean? Right. Uh, now all of a sudden it's reading your email and saying, look, I, I read that email you sent to Dave. Are you sure? Are you yeah. sure that's what you wanted to send him? Yeah, you probably shouldn't send me that. <laughs> First they started with attachment, and I thought, oh, that's clever. But now they're actually, you know, when they see the word attachment, did you mean to attach something? Now that now they're like, they took that out of the labs, I think. Now that it's just, it's a product. It's they're, part of their product. Yeah, yeah. They're getting big heads they about it. just read your whole email. Yeah, they're like, do you really want to use that tone with your mother? Right. <laughs> do you think maybe you should ratchet it back a little bit, buddy? Get out of business mindset? Maybe, maybe think about the family a little bit more? I just want to say one last thing about this. Anybody <laughs> that says that they're not evil obviously I mean look if you walk around all day look guys I'm, I'm funny yeah. I'm, I'm not evil I'm uh, you know 
Dave, okay. please explain to us right. uh, this this creepy product yes. that's so, going to be useful for people trying to make some money. If remarketing was not creepy enough that ads are following you around on the internet based on what shoes you're looking at on Zappos or whatever. This is on the display network. Yes, the display network. Okay. And the distinction is, is this, these are not... Uh, ads that are showing in the organic search yes, results. Yes, exactly. So they're rather be, showing on uh, AdSense. Right. So. Okay, so you got a site, any site, and I can put ads on my site. I can be part of the network. Yeah. And a lot of well, people do this. 95% of the internet is made up of this network, right? Um, what? Something crazy like that, man. Uh, uh, well, well, all the display networks put together. Google okay. is probably the biggest one. Um, okay, biggest one, obviously. Yeah. So, so you're saying 95% of internet websites serve ads of some sort? Yes. Wow. I didn't know that. That's crazy. That's a lot, yeah. That's a lot. All right, so, I'm sorry, I'm getting in your way here. Similar audiences remarketing. Yes. So, Google is upping the creep factor where when you build a remarketing list for your own website, that is tracking, um, you know, who visited your website, what pages they looked at on your website, that sort of thing. Google took this to the next level where they're making kind of like a profile of who is visiting your website. So, for example, for Modern Cat... If someone visits the website and looks at your letter hider and then goes to your competitor's website... Pepper.com. That's Jed. (laughs) Hey, Jed. (laughs) So Google is realizing that other similar websites based on, um, you know, the content on the website and also who's visiting it. So that'd be Pepper. That'd be maybe informational blogs about cats, lol cats. Google's getting smart here because basically, like, I mean, one thing that James Schramko said to me that was really smart is even if... You aren't using remarketing right now. You should be cooking your users, yes. building the invisible list, because someday you might want to remarket to them. Well, Google is solving that problem for us right now with this new product. They're Taking basically it saying, to the next level. Yeah, they're basically saying, look, here's this network. You've got similar profiles that are di- that are interested in your products. You should advertise yeah. where these guys are advertising. You've been right? a lazy bum. You haven't been building cooking people, but all of your uh, competitors have been. So just use that. Well, no, no, you have to cookie people. You have yes. to cookie people. Yes. Ah. So Google, I, I guess they did this on purpose. They want you to cookie also. So you have to have your own list. And then, like you said, this is I why see. it's important to set up your list. So they're, then they're doing like the cross-analysis. Yeah. Exactly. So based uh, on the 5,000 people that visited your website and the other similar sites that they visited. This is Google getting clever about increasing their inventory, right? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. It's a way to sell more. We're coming for you, Jed, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to target ads to your visitors. But um, So Google comes up with this profile of people who visited these other websites and visited your website, Yeah. right? And then Google takes it one step further and they say, okay, what about people who fit this profile, maybe visited Hepper or Lolcats or whatever, but didn't yet visit your website? What if you could serve them ads? They would probably be interested in what you have to sell, right? Ian looks like he's salivating right Yeah, I can't wait. So then you go put your ad on these networks. They say, these people are hanging out here. You should be putting your ad. Exactly. So when someone who visited, you know, let's say Hepper or Lolcats or whatever Google determines is relevant is on a site with AdSense, you can serve them banner ads. Lovely. The third item that's going to be hot tomorrow. Everybody's talking about mobile, Dave. And and we were talking earlier, um, this quarterly report came out with Google and for the first time in years, their year over year was down, yeah. right? And what everybody's saying is like, if you look at the mobile trend, you're not only having a case where more people are getting outfitted with internet devices, but you're also seeing people move, transition from laptops onto mobile devices to do their surfing. So Google's having an inventory problem. 
So how are they going to solve this with mobile and as entrepreneurs if we can't get our ads in front of people because nobody's using a big screen anymore? Right, right. That's the fundamental problem here is I'm sitting in front of a 15-inch screen and it can present tons of information. Now all of a sudden I'm doing 30% of my work on this 4-inch screen. Right. Right. There's just not enough real estate. Right. Okay. We've got a big problem here. Yeah, I think one of the important things to remember is on mobile, for many searches, paid ads take up all of the space above the fold. Right. Um, so if you're only doing organic, you're not like you're not even showing up. Right. You're not even showing up. So Google's just basically made the decision, at least right now, to say, yeah. hey, look, if you're on a mobile device, we're going to own that front page. Yes. Okay. Because the screen's so small, they don't have a choice. You were saying Google's rolling out this click-to-call stuff? Yes. So Google is trying to combat this problem of no ad inventory by... Um, on mobile devices, serving ads that allow you to click and then call, you know, the establishment. Huh. So I can see this for a lot of local businesses, right? It makes sense. Like I'm in, I'm in the mood for a pizza. I just searched pizza. Oh, Google uh, local is on. By the way, Jersey Mike's comes up, and then just click to call, right? And as exactly. soon as I click to call that, Google knows that I probably ordered a pizza. Yeah, and uh, they charge the AdWords account. This is an interesting thing. You know, one of the other usage trends that's happening is people are moving out of the browser and into the app. You know, and I don't know if that's really going to affect product guys too much because I don't know. You're going to do start doing product searches on apps, or you're still going to go to the old school Google and type in, you know, I want industrial equipment or I want fancy cat furniture. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe people just won't buy that stuff in the future. Maybe this is. Maybe the, it'll be all Pinterest. The beginning, and the end for us. Yeah. Are we going to start putting uh, industrial equipment on Pinterest? You know? I think everybody's just going to get into their passion. No one, no one's going <laughs> to consume it. The only thing people are going to buy is backpacks and MacBook Pros in the future. Not even MacBook Pros. They're just going to get iPhones. You know? Maybe there'll be some self-promotion in paid traffic. I don't know. Maybe I just want people to know who I am. Exactly. So I'll just put out ads of myself. The passion of the Ian. Hey, let's talk, stop talking about the future because obviously we don't know what we're talking about. Let's talk about what's working in our campaigns right now because we're seeing great results. Our e-commerce company is growing well. Um, let's talk about what's working. Number one, retargeting and building the silent list. I know a lot of the listeners of this program are stalked by the portable bar company everywhere.com and then they, they might say have a little alone time at night go to a website or two and then see the portable <laughs> bar company there They're like oh my god Damn. can you even see me <laughs> part of the network okay so what's important to know here is uh, retargeting the silent list so what essentially you do Dave is you cookie a user that comes to your site yes. and then you're able again to serve them these ads if, on the if you want so you know like Dan was saying earlier um, it's important to set up the remarketing list now so you have the option, if you want, in the future to serve these people ads. It's essentially free, right? Yeah. So if the word SEO has ever come off of your lips, yeah. this is the next – you absolutely need to do this. You need to be cooking your users so that when you get around to working with a guy like Dave – that you can serve ads and you've got your list built up. Let me tell a quick story here. Uh, we did advertisements in uh, some cat magazine, fat, uh, Cat Fancy, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, man, it was expensive. And so we That was a bowl. racket. Oh man, it was a total racket. I still get calls from those people. They're like high, pre- that's a boiler room, man. Uh, it's awful. Anyways, uh, we did an ad and actually we broke even Are you on serious the ad. about your cat furniture? Did she give you that one? That's, <laughs> we you, did. Must, you must not be serious. If you don't want to run another ad in Cat Fancy. <laughs> exactly. So that's what happened. So we broke even on the first one, but we got scared on the second and third. But anybody that's done uh, some of this traditional media stuff will tell you, hey, man, you got to you gotta do it a couple times. you got to get in front of people a couple times, and it's scary, yeah. and it hurts. But now there's kind of a, a new way to do that online, right? And it's not as expensive now. But uh, kind of the same fundamentals apply, which is like you have to get your product in front of people like seven to ten times yeah. uh, before they can start to pay attention to it. So some of these cookies don't last that long. So what do you do? Um, you can set 
the length of time that you want. Um, by default, it's 30 days, and Google lets you set up to 180 days. Why would you not want to have it be the maximum? Um, well, if you were specifically targeting people based on a certain amount of time since they visited your site, you know, let's ah, say people are really that. hot to purchase after two weeks, and then after that, you know, nothing. I see. So, so, so you have a, a particular customer profile that if they saw your product more than a month ago, they're no longer interested exactly. in the buying yeah. cycle, so you'd lose money. It depends on your buying cycle. So I'll tell another story. We did some banner ads on this site, right, for uh, the portable bar company, yes. Dave. And uh, we put a unique phone number on there, and that's part of this whole tracking thing. We'll get into that. We use CallRail, by the way. That's coming up next. Uh, but we put a phone number on there, and we're still getting phone calls yeah. from this banner it, ad. It blew, it blew my mind. We ran these ads back in, like, February, and we still got two calls last week from this unique wow. phone number. And it's just a banner display ad. Just yeah. goes to show you how often people clear their cash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and that's what we were wondering because after a month or two, we had you know maybe a few phone calls, but it wasn't break even, so we gave up on it. And then now we're like, wow, we probably should have kept doing that. Speaking of phone calls, for a year we were getting on a weekly call with you, Dave, and you were saying we got to get the phone call service. Yeah. We got to get the phone call. And I don't know what we were dragging our feet on it for, but. Essentially, now we use CallRail, and we just switched yes. over from Log My Calls. We use CallRail, and what this does is you're trying to close the loop, right? You're trying to figure out who did I market to, and how do I know when they actually came back to me? And the phone number is a good way to do that, especially exactly. in our business, because uh, I think 85% of our sales, even on our e-commerce sites, are made up by phone calls because they're expensive products. Right. Over $500, that's a phone call. Um, put so, a phone number on your business. Yes. Put a phone number. But this call uh, call rail kind of cuts the uh, or, or creates the loop. Right. So how does that work? So the reason that I like call rail more than log my calls is they have this really interesting feature where they can match the keyword that someone was searching to the phone call number. So for me, that allows me to see for the portable bar company you know, what keywords that we're spending money on are actually driving the phone calls. Before that, we were just kind of guessing. So you're basically getting like an analytics dashboard for the phone calls that our sales reps exactly. are. It's yeah. really cool technology. Yeah. And how this works is it's cycling different phone numbers yeah. up on the screens. So, so, what, so that's how the technology works. You see a unique phone number, they call it, and then they, they piece the whole thing together and tell you the story. Right, it's beautiful. It is. It's it's very cool. So when it, and I want to point this out because there's actually when I say the loop is closed, it's not actually closed. There's another component to it that we're trying to figure out. Dave, yes. And you know about this, and we don't necessarily have a solution for this yet. But when the call comes into our office, we have to be able to keep track of those calls, and that's very time intensive for our people that are on the phone because somebody will call, they'll be interested, and then the same thing will happen. They'll call back two weeks later and maybe order. Right. Right. So it's like I don't have a whiteboard big enough for all those phone numbers and draw the line to them and stuff like that. So if anybody knows uh, kind of how to close that loop, that's the problem that we're having. And I think that there's probably going to be a technology solution. I mean, anybody that's doing this... We need to cookie their cell phone. Yeah, cookie yeah. their <laughs> cell phone, exactly. Can we just cookie everybody? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you don't get a cookie. Cart abandonment... Bummer. Cart yeah. abandonment emails. Uh, man, this is just all the rage in any, any e-commerce... Uh, group you hang out and everybody's just saying if you're not doing cart abandonment emails you're a bozo because right. these things friggin' work this is like a giant cookie this is like a cake right because <laughs> when people basically they come to your site they load up the cart they walk away for whatever reason 
I do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. And then you got to see, well, a couple things, right? Maybe your shipping price isn't right. Yeah. Maybe they got to think about it. Maybe they just wanted to see what it looked like in the car. Yeah. They want to get a quote on the shipping is a big one. Search for a coupon. Somebody yells at them from the other room. They got to go to the baseball game, whatever. And a lot of times we make these purchases based on emotion, even B2B sales. I'm going to tell you something really sick. Sometimes I load up a bunch of different carts and look at them. Do a little comparison, and then I go with my favorite one. And I think that's what a lot of people do. So card abandonment email is basically you follow up with those people, you know, within a time frame, sometimes 12 hours, and you say, hey, did you want this stuff? Well, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. There's a bunch of best practices, um, but, you know, the results are incredible. So and oftentimes you can get feedback from the people too, right? right. And that, I think that's really critical. Maybe they'll say the shipping cost was too high. Right. So what's the service that you use for this? Um, it depends on your platform that you're on. Um, Shopify and I think BigCommerce have plugins right. that will do it for you. Uh, Magento, probably got to hire a developer. But um, a service that you can use, uh, I think across many platforms, is called GetVero. Yeah, brand new. Right? Yeah, uh, These guys are just starting out. Yeah, they're pretty new. So they will let you kind of insert collecting the email into your checkout flow okay, and then give you the option to follow up with them later if maybe your platform does not support that. I like it. And by email in the flow, you mean they ask for the email first before you actually check out? Yes, before you enter all your info, exactly. Got Another it. thing that's working for us right now is Facebook retargeting. Yes. What's the story? So this is actually relatively new as well. Um, Facebook opened up their ad exchange to everybody. Just like with the Google retargeting, you can serve ads to people on Facebook who were visitors of your website. Right. So it's just expanding your reach. So now you can stalk people on Huffington Post website and on Facebook <laughs> oh, and everywhere else that they go. So they're always reminded of your product. Wow. I'm starting to feel like I live in L.A., you know. There's just like billboard in front of billboard in front of billboard. <laughs> I just can't go anywhere without seeing this crap. The yeah. poor Internet. Yeah. Hey, uh, if you're sticking around, we, we've been talking about um, paid advertising for 20 minutes now with Dave Haas from ecommercedouble.com. Let's talk some fundamentals. If you're still hanging around, you've got an ad campaign so let's talk about some of the biggest things that we're seeing people screw up yeah. that maybe that they can get right. The first one, Dave, knowing your number. Yes. A lot of your clients, they don't know the value yes. of a visitor. What's I, up with I that? I keep running into this all the time. So it is very important with, I think, any internet business, but especially if you're going to be paying for ads, you need to know on average what a visitor is worth to your website. So I got a $90 pair of Nikes. You're telling me a click shouldn't cost $85? <laughs> Well, unless every click is buying your Nike, two of your Nikes, then yeah. Okay. All right. So that's that's a essential though, yes. essential uh, piece of information that you got to you kind of got to know your margins. You got to yes. know how much. That's very important. People keep forgetting that there's profit margin. Yeah, and people like they also. I, I see a lot of people. What they do is, they tend to take a lot more margin for the advertising budget. They say something like, "Well, my product costs a hundred dollars. I spend fifty bucks to manufacture it. Therefore, I can spend twenty five dollars." on ads to market it. I would take a look at QuickBooks before I would go into that. You, you know, you're probably not leaving enough money there to grow your business. So yeah, I'm going to give you guys a number, actually. 6%, that. I bet. A uh, right? little bit more. A little bit more. We found for us. So it's around 7 to 8% for your marketing budget. 7 to 8% is the magic number. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it really depends. But, you know, that's that what a McKinsey in... guy would tell you. <laughs> 
<laughs> it really depends. All your mark. Not that it gets McKinsey guys. Yeah, it kind of depends. I mean, on, on on your structure of your business and stuff like that. But for us, we're manufacturers. We're e-commerce guys. Right. That's about what we are able to spend on our marketing budget. Now you, you got to love the info product guys. You can basically spend all the money to get right. somebody into the first. Right. So you know, if you got a business model like that, more power to you. Not using broad match keywords. People, you go into these uh, campaigns and people are using broad match key terms. Yeah. And this is the way you're just dumping money out the back door. Yes, Explain Google us will love you for doing this. Uh, broad match keywords, basically, when you just type in a keyword into AdWords and you don't specify, by default it is a broad match keyword. And that will show for any search term that's like even remotely similar to right. what you typed in. So how do you prevent that? Just by putting quotations around? Yes, so you specify either exact match keywords, ideally, because they're very specific, or at least a phrase match keyword. One second here. The keyword tool died this week, right? Yes. Is that right? The keyword tool has changed into the keyword planner. Ah. Huh. Any, any Anything real quick on that? I know it just happened this week. I actually haven't peeked in there, but I know the keyword tool is dead. Yes, so the keyword tool has changed in that it only allows you to see the volume for exact match, whereas before you could specify either phrase or broad or exact. Okay. Ah. When you're doing What's your the, research. Is there any real implication for um, that? Depending on your search terms, people might not be typing in exactly what you think they are, or it might be some like variation that you aren't... Uh, specifying mm -hmm. right so before I could say and I, I'm just riffing so tell me if I'm wrong but you could say like portable bar and like it would give you a suggestion for mobile bar too and you say oh I never thought of that keyword yeah or you could put portable bar in quotes and that would be any search that had portable and bar in it right okay but now when you search in the keyword tool it's only showing you the people that search for exactly portable bar now why would Google want to do that what do you think the reasoning is there do we know my guess is they're just trying to simplify the process for you know, like small businesses, that sort of thing. Because oh. the the new keyword planner tool is really focused towards building a campaign quickly. Mm -hmm. This stuff is difficult. Okay, so um, the next mistake we're seeing a lot is sending traffic to specific landing pages versus dumping it into the home domain. Yes. So if you are spending money on AdWords and you are not paying attention to your landing pages, you're just throwing money away. Right. Okay, so the pri essentially... The advertisement needs to go directly to the page where the buy yes. now is. So if I search for litter tower for cats and I click on your ad, it should take me to the product page with the litter tower for cats. Not your home page, not some random information page. Right. And I'm even gonna make a I'm gonna make a design call here. And John Myers, you're welcome to give me a call if you if you don't agree with me here. But if you're in a very competitive market and you're in AdWords and you're selling a product, if somebody gets to your landing page, I want the buy now button at the very top with a picture. It's like one click stuff, right? Like I don't want it all the way at the bottom of the page, especially the more competitive that you are. Yes, make it super easy for people. Like very clear when they get on the landing page, this is exactly what they were searching for. Right. Here's how they can buy it. Using Google product feeds, any website, if you have a checkout button on it, checkout cart, you can utilize Google product feeds. They're a little bit difficult to implement. For e-commerce stores. For e-commerce right. stores. Yeah. So I mean, we've just seen incredible results from this kind of thing, and yes. so many people are not utilizing it. So, I mean, is there anything else to say about that? Or just get the Google products feed yeah, set up. Set up your Google Merchant account and link it to AdWords. And you know, I noticed, uh, Dave, ours go delinquent a lot less often these days than they used to. We used to have yeah. problems. So what's the, what's the new technology to keep these things up all the time? 
Um, well, I have a Filipino that helps me. <laughs> nice. So, uh, yeah, th- that is an important thing. You have to regularly monitor the stuff. Right. Um, so if you're not checking on your feeds at least once a week to make sure nothing's broken, you might be surprised a month later that your ads never showed for a right. whole month. And, right. and it wasn't very transparent back in the day. It was just all of a sudden, oh, the ads aren't yeah. showing up anymore. Yeah. It sucked. Um, speaking of all this, like once you've got your fundamentals locked down, I just wanted to bring up an idea that DC or Jacob Pool. Um, this guy is really, really sharp when it comes to paid advertising. So I'll put his website on this post as well. And Jacob said something to me. He's like, you know, everybody's gun shy when it comes to AdWords. And it makes sense because it's, it's really expensive, right? But he said, I think one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make, Jacob, if I'm misquoting you, man, just kick me an email. I'll give you the voice. Uh, we'll get you on the show. But uh, he basically said, look, people, in order to make a purchase decision, they do it over the course of six months to a year. Right. Very often. And what happens is if you don't see ROI right away on your ad campaigns, people pull them down. And specifically, I know a little bit about Jacob's business. He, he has very high lifetime value of a customer. And in some of our niches, we do too. And I think that's really important. So, you know, we can afford to spend for six months because we have a very expensive product. This isn't always going to be the case, by the way. If you're, if you're buying an $80 uh, pair of Nikes, this isn't necessarily the case. But I, I think, you, you know, know your product. the anecdote about the guy calling in six months later because of the display network ad is is telling here i mean you know if you've got your 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 product tight um and you've got your campaign fundamentals strong it might make sense to to push it a little bit harder than you might you know if you're not seeing roi within the first month in other words you're not going to surprise a guy like dave huss who sees these kinds of things every (laughs) day and one thing in uh in google analytics you can see the assisted conversions from adwords it's called scotty pippen by the way that's the that's the name of the uh (laughs) <laughs> you know, but the problem with assisted conversions is with that it's only 90 days, right? Yes. So what an assisted conversion is? Is when someone clicks on one of your AdWords ads, goes to your website, does not purchase anything, but comes back later from, let's say, an organic search. Right. Or your Twitter. So I clicked on an ad for Optimizely three months ago. Yeah. Ian comes over for dinner and I say, hey you got to check out Optimizely, and I type it in. And then, Now, but the problem is a lot of times it happens four months, and I went there, you know. Yes. And, and so I'm uncookied at that point, and this is what Jacob is telling me. is like, hey, man, like you can't always rely on just that data. Uh, it could be like Ian uh, resetting the computer every two weeks because yes. the, the FBI is after him. Right. And you're not going to see that. Right. And that's a significant leak. Or they started out on the... This is why mobile ads are important also. A lot of people start their search on the mobile phone, and then when they decide you know, it's time to buy, they switch to the desktop or laptop. Great point. Interesting. Yeah, it's like iPad at night with the wife. Exactly. You're looking at your shopping for furniture, and then she says, I'm not going to buy that ugly litter hider. And then the next day in the garage, in the man cave, you get on your, your real utility laptop and you buy the, you buy the litter hider. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's Dave Huss from ecommercedouble.com. Thank you for joining us, Dave. Uh, it's a long time coming you getting on the show. Uh, appreciate all you've done for us. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys. Cheers. Cheers. All right, so Ian, what are you excited about this week? This is the news and excitement section. Oh, putting me on the spot. <laughs> I just read an article today on Hacker News. 
And uh, so basically this chap, he built this geodesic dome. So it's this like single person living arrangement. I'm sure you've seen a lot of this like on Reddit. Hey, I built this uh, yeah. self-sustaining log cabin. Now I live in it. Right. Uh, so this guy, he built this uh, geodesic dome. And I think it's really cool because of the why in the article. So he, he goes out and he, he tells you exactly how to build one of these things. It's 20 pages long. I'm not interested in that. What I am interested in is the why. And the reason that he said he built this dome is so he can focus on his passion projects. And housing was getting him down in that. So basically he said, look, I want to spend all my time writing blog posts, uh, thinking about things, working on projects. And I can't do that if I have to devote a lot of time to a job in order to pay for a house. Right. So now I'm downsizing. So I think it's it's really interesting, like the more mainstream this idea is getting. And we're living proof of this, right, Dan? Uh, move to Asia for some of those same reasons, right? To, yeah. To offload some of this overhead that we have. Yeah, you were you were mentioning what's the quote about poor people? It described me perfectly. Yeah, so we've both in in uh, many uh, times in our life have been broken poor, and that could happen again. Sure. Uh, so uh, the the idea here is that what happens to broke people is 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 they go to work to pay for the car that they drive to work in, right? Yeah. And it's this never ending cycle, and you get a couple speeding tickets or something, and you're just like negative broke. Yeah, I I, I believe. There's this, uh, there's this law, and I don't know if it applies here. It's called Amara's Law. And it says, we tend to overestimate the effect of technology in the short term and underestimate it in the long term. And so, I don't know, this might be the kind of thing where you, like, you look at you know, the iPhone or a technique that Dave said earlier in the episode and think, oh, that's going to double my business next year. But mm. you, know, you forget the fact that you know, in 1985... My mom was buying Encyclopedia Britannica, right? And mm-hmm. I was watching some box TV with fifteen channels, right? That were all from major publishers in the U.S. So, what does this mean? I think this means we live in a time of unprecedented abundance. And, yes. And okay, so I know that, that that there are a lot of people in the world that have it bad. Yes. And it's not what this program is really about, but. What we're seeing is that you can crack a laptop and the sum total of human knowledge. Well, my grandmother used to take me to the library when I was a kid. Uh-huh. I used to go in there and go crazy. I used to buy books about archery, about dog training, about you know whatever I could about dinosaurs and stuff. And I would just I remember it was blown away because the school library would only let you get take two books. But the big person library would let you take as many books as you wanted. I remember so, looking at my grandma. It's a responsibility thing, man. I'll be like they really let you take as many books as you want out of this place? That's unbelievable. So I went in there and I did damage, man. And I'm just saying, like, you know, that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And this is a big deal because it's not, again, about getting the estate and putting a big fence around it and having a bunch of stuff and stacking it in there and trying to get FU money. What we're seeing is you can have an FU lifestyle immediately if you make smart decisions. And this is what Geodesic Dome guy said. Yeah. He should write F-U over the top. <laughs> of, it's like, I got it, man. F, F all y'all. He, he has opted out to uh, focus on intellectual pursuits that he has identified as, as important. And that's I think wealth. that's really cool. And let's look at the old school thing too, which is that, okay, let's let's buy and hold big assets. Let's Warren Buffett our ways to F-U. Right. That doesn't work anymore. That does not work. That maybe never worked. Why did that work? Because the people who were telling you to do that benefited from telling you to do that that's right so if everybody listening to this program opts out uh you know like right. what, what what does timothy timothy leary say Let, why tune in tune out something why don't we do a hippie commune farm yeah why don't we just what are we doing here talking about business let's just get rid of the whole adwords thing let's get right. rid of all the e-commerce stuff hippie commune farm right 
sustainable agriculture, group song sessions every night. I'll tell you what, Vietnam is the perfect place for it. <laughs> Tons of land to grow food. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us on the Tropical NBA podcast and accommodating our craziness. We will be back next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. See you then, dude. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tropical MBA podcast. You can go to tropicalmba.com, get access to hundreds of back episodes and all kinds of other goodies. Load up your iPod. That is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We will see you next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.